for obvious reasons, earned the nickname His Accidency. You know what his nickname was when he became president? But Barack Obama, his nickname growing up? The Hefty Lefty. That's right. Barky. Doesn't seem to fit, does it? Jack the Dripper. My favorite nickname ever. Do you ever wonder where Jack Nicholas got the nickname The Golden Bear? My cousin was a football player in the NFL. Hello, everyone. It's time for another edition of Smart Dribble coming into your home, into your car, into your ears. This is your co-host, Kurt Schneider. And this is John Ellenthal. And most importantly, into your ears. What's on the docket for today, Counselor? Well, last episode, you went off on a tangent and you started describing me, huh? And you started talking about Vlad the Impaler, and it had nothing to do with what we were talking about. And it made me think, okay, that was me. And it made me think, Vlad the Impaler, what a cool nickname. So we thought, you know what? Why not nicknames? Let's talk about famous nicknames in history or just cool nicknames in general. Sounds good, Kurt. And we, of course, on previous episodes have talked about the nickname you earned in college on the Dartmouth football team, Schneider the Bench Rider. So those are the kind of nicknames you're after? I am, yes. Okay, well, I'm happy to be sitting here without really any nicknames to my record. You know, you also talked about how Chicago, which of course is called the Windy City, is not called the Windy City because of anything weather-related, but for its typical bluster about how it doesn't get enough credit for being how cool it is. That's right. Now, of course, it was bestowed upon them by a New York journalist, but there you go. Of course it was. Let's get into it, John. Give me a great nickname in history, in politics, sports, government, whatever. You got it. So you have talked before about William Henry Harrison, who famously became the first president to die in office when three weeks after his inauguration, he came down with a cold that turned into pneumonia and pleurisy, and he died soon thereafter. His nickname by his political opponents was Old Granny. And he was called Old Granny because they wanted to communicate that he was both old and out of step with what was happening in the country at that point. But interesting thing about him was he refused to wear a coat when he spoke, and he spoke for like three hours. That may have led to his cold. Now, who was his vice president, Kurt? John Tyler, because the expression was Tippy Canoe and Tyler too when they were running, because William Henry Harrison was a great general in the Indian Wars, and he won a great battle at Tippy Canoe. So John Tyler is the vice president. Harrison dies three weeks after inauguration, and we have a new president, President John Tyler, who for obvious reasons earned the nickname His Accidency. (laughs) Sticking with presidential history for a moment. I learned something interesting recently about Ulysses S. Grant, who had the nickname Unconditional Surrender U.S. Grant, given his great acumen, I guess, as a general. The U, of course, stands for Ulysses. You know what the S stands for? Nothing. He doesn't have an S in his name. He made it up. His full name is Hiram Ulysses Grant. He dropped his first name and added the S later, even though it stood for nothing. You know what his nickname was when he became president? Useless Grant, because he was actually a drunk and he was not a good president. You know, Grover Cleveland, there's a president we don't really talk all that much about. We should. Why should we? Because he's the only president who 
became president for four years, lost the next election, and then four years after that came back and was president again. So I think he was like president 23 and 25 or something. Right. He is the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms. Now, of course, his name is Grover Cleveland. His nickname was Big Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Why? In part, because his name was Stephen. His real name is Stephen Grover Alexander. Big Steve. I didn't know that. Stephen Grover Alexander Cleveland? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Stephen Grover Cleveland. I got the picture. Grover Cleveland Alexander mixed up in there. Well, we also have Honest Abe, which is a good one. But then you have like Bill Clinton's Slick Willie or Tricky Dick. Those are not good ones. And of course, they referred to Reagan as the Teflon president because nothing seemed to stick to him. As we're talking about history, I found a great one. You know, Charles de Gaulle, right? I do. But before you tell Charles de Gaulle, I have one more U.S. president before we leave that category. I had never heard this one before. But Barack Obama, his nickname growing up was Barry Obama because he loves basketball. And even though he wasn't good enough to start for his high school team, he was known for taking wild shots from everywhere and missing most of them. So they called him Barry Obama. (laughs) That's funny. It is funny. Uh, Charles de Gaulle. Why do I think of the Pink Panther when you say Charles de Gaulle? All I can see is Peter Sellers. Well, because he wore the same hat and everything. Charles de Gaulle was considered the man because he led the French resistance. He was an unbelievable military mind and fighter and everything else. But his nickname, the Great Asparagus. (laughs) Uh, Was that a reference to his rather protruding proboscis? Yes, proboscis. Proboscis or proboscis? I think it's proboscis. Well, one of us is probably right, although there's no guarantee either one of us is right. And the other one's proboscis or proboscis is growing because he's lying, like Pinocchio. Proboscis. I think you're right, Kurt. Yes. I would like to announce that it looks like Kurt is right on the pronunciation of proboscis, which is odd since my nose is actually larger than Kurt. You think (laughs) I would have known that one? So should we get to some sports nicknames? Like we could help ourselves. Before we get there, though, I just want to say I think one of the coolest nicknames, two of the coolest nicknames of all time are from generals from a long time ago. Alexander of Macedonia, forever known as Alexander the Great. By the way, do you know that he conquered like most of the entire world by the age of 32? You got to be careful about peaking at too young of an age, Kurt. But... If you look up in history, how many people have been called Blank the Great, Alexander the Great, Catherine the Great? I mean, we may as well call you Kurt the Great. It's become so overused. But I think he was the first one. And by the way, there's still to this day some discussion of how he died. He had a very close male general friend, and I think he could have died from syphilis. Isn't that what Al Capone died from? I don't know. How could you not know something like that, Kurt? This is smart dribble. Al Capone, whose nickname was Scarface, because when he was in Brooklyn as a kid and he was a young gangster, he got in a fight and had two huge uh, scars and he hated that nickname. But the other great one in history that I would like, besides the great, William the Conqueror. How awesome is that? That is a really good one. What's the backstory on that? How did he earn that, Kurt? He conquered. And his name was William. Don't forget that. Yeah, Those are the two necessary prerequisites to be William the Conqueror. Yeah, they stretched hard and found that one. (laughs) 
you wanted to move to sports. You got the great sports one for us? I do, but before that, I don't know why I know this. And I looked it up, but apparently it's true. <laughs> Leo Tolstoy, right? He of War and Peace and all that. Yes. Sparky. <laughs> Sparky? Doesn't seem to fit, does it? I don't think of him as Sparky. No, that doesn't feel right to me either. So sports, okay. We have things like, of course, Babe Ruth for George Ruth, George Herman. Do you like how I bridged presidential politics to sports by going with Barry Obama? You also said Grover Cleveland Alexander, so. Clearly, I was foreshadowing our discussion about famous sports nicknames, but you had to go into all that highfalutin deep history stuff before we got here. So both of us are Giants fans. The Giants about 10 years ago had a third string quarterback. Oh, remember I know him? Lorenzen. And what was his nickname? He was left-handed. Yeah. He wore number 13. Yeah. They drafted him from Kentucky and he was a big fella. Tell us his nickname. The Hefty Lefty. That's right. The Hefty Lefty. Which raises an interesting question because when you think about nicknames and why they're so popular, clearly, you know, by giving someone a nickname, it shows some level of familiarity, like we're closer together because we dispense with formality. But if you look at many of these, our need to alliterate and our need to rhyme really shows up in our nickname, like Schneider the Bench Rider. Sorry to bring that up again, but it's a good example. So it's an interesting phenomenon, the notion of a nickname, but it does have a familiar feel to it. I guess we feel closer to people that we assign a nickname to. That went my whole fraternity, everyone had nicknames. So I think you're right. I think there's something in the trenches, all the people in war have given nicknames. I think it's teammates do. You're right. It's part of about bonding together. You know what Tiger Woods' real first name is? Tiger. His father gave him the nickname Tiger for motivational reasons. Clearly, he was playing a big psychological operations game from the get-go. But his first name is actually Eldrick. I would go by Tiger also. <laughs> so would I. Right, here's one of my favorite sports nicknames. Reggie White, who was a fierce defensive lineman for many years, mostly for the Eagles and also the Packers. Also from Memphis, by the way. He was a devout Christian and also an evangelical minister. And he was a great defensive player in the NFL. And his nickname was the Minister of Defense. Yes. That's a great one. Fantastic. I love that one. Reggie White. You also had on the Bears in the 80s, Walter Sweetness Peyton, and of course, the Fridge, William the Fridge Perry, or Refrigerator. So named because when he was a huge defensive tackle, in fact, I met him once, and I did take his ring, and it went, three of my fingers went into his ring. But he was so named the Refrigerator because when he came through the line, because they gave him the ball to run on and the one or two yard line, he looked like a refrigerator coming at you. Yeah, there's a funny postscript to that story because there was a player for the Cowboys. I think he was an offensive lineman called Nate Newton around the same time that the refrigerator played. And Nate Newton was like 400 pounds, even bigger than the refrigerator. So they gave him the nickname The Kitchen. <laughs> I like that. I remember Nate Newton. Then there's also ones that are Sticking with sort of your who you are, of course, Charles Barkley's stature was he wasn't that tall and he was kind of chubby. The round mound of rebound. Yes, there is our need for poetry and rhyming, but that's a great one. The basketball has some great ones. Dominique Wilkins of the Atlanta Hawks, who was famous for his skying above the rim and doing all sorts of acrobatics, was the human highlight film, which is quite a compliment. I shot a commercial with him for Honey Nut Cheerios. 
and he and I years ago, and uh, when he was still with the Hawks and he was still a star, probably 1991 or something. And he and I ended up getting along famously, and he invited me out that night with him when he was judging a contest in a nightclub, and I was clearly a fish out of water, but I had a good time with Dominique. Was that the night he gave you the nickname, Kurt, the human B-roll Schneider? (laughs) (laughs) The human sidekick? (laughs) The human B-roll. So remember Chris Berman back at ESPN when when ESPN was still fun to watch? and he My favorite nickname, my favorite nickname ever. He would throw out these nicknames while he was basically running you through the highlights of that day's sport. So what do you remember from a Chris Berman's nickname? Bert be home by 11. Remember Joaquin Andujar, the pitcher for the Astros? Yeah. Joaquin the dog Andujar. <laughs> he had Andre Bad Moon Rising. Ron, born in the U.S., say? Uh, so my cousin was a football player in the NFL. Really? And he was a, he was a kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was just, but I don't know that. And he called me one time. He said, Kurt, I've made it. I said, tell me why. He said, I got a nickname by Chris Berman. I mean, if you got a nickname by Chris Berman, you made it. So his name was Michael Husted, my cousin. And he was, as I said, a kicker. Chris Berman gave him the nickname Michael Comolesta (laughs) Husted. That's great. I didn't know. I remember him. I didn't know that he was your cousin. How was he related to you? My father's sister's son. So he's really your cousin. It's not oh, one yeah. of these Southern cousin things where no. you used to live ne- next door neighbor to someone who babysat for you. And then. Yeah, no, this is. And he was a, a soccer player and then converted to a kicker in high school. And he went to UVA. And I remember watching him once trying to make a tackle on TV and he came up for Thanksgiving. And I sat in my yard with him trying to teach him how to tackle. And then he was out at UVA. And he gets picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he makes the team. And so I called him during training and I said, my dream was always to be in the NFL. What's it like? What do you do? He said, well, I don't really know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? He said, well, basically, the punter and I just scuff up the balls. That's all we do. And I said, well, what are team meetings like? He said, we're not invited. Ah. We go to the mall and play video games. Yeah, they're not exactly embraced as part of the team, even though they have a profound impact, particularly the place kicker, on the game. I mean, they win or lose the game often. One of the best kickers of all time for the Cleveland Browns in the 50s, Lou the Toe Groza. Boy, I hope he used his whole foot. (laughs) In the world of sports, one of the all-time great nicknames from my vantage point, and of course, it will involve rhyming is a player, a college player, a college basketball player for the Temple Owls. His name was Bill McVie, and his last name was spelled M-K-V-Y. As you can tell, there's no vowel in McVie, and you can probably also tell that vowel rhymes with owl. So Bill McVie was nicknamed the owl without a vowel. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot of work. The owl without a vowel. You ever wonder where players like Catfish Hunter Jim Catfish Hunter got his nickname? Yes. You do? You have wondered that? I know. I know it. You do? Yeah. Why don't you illuminate our listeners then? Charles O. Finley, who was the owner of the A's in the 60s. He was a rather unusual, a little too creative for his own good, real promoter trying to sell the game. His ideas were crazy. He at one point wanted to change the color of the baseball from white, I think, to orange or something. So he was sort of like the modern day Bill Veck. Veck as in Wreck. Great book to read, by the way. Is it about Bill Veck? 
Yes, of course it is. One never knows talking to you, Kurt. Vec as in wreck. So anyway, so Charles Finley says to this guy, hey, you're great. Jim Hunter, do you have a nickname? He said, no. He said, you do now. What is it? Catfish. Okay, he just gave it to him. Which reminds me, when I was at the Harlem Globetrotters, all of our players had nicknames. I think that's important in a business, promotional entertainment business like the Harlem Globetrotters. Well, I mean, you had Curly, which was one of the most famous nicknames of all time, so named because he was bald. So we had to come up with nicknames. And one of my favorite things was trying to come up with a lot of these nicknames. And much like Charles O. Finley, I talked to this one young man who happened to be our only player from Puerto Rico. And I said, you need a nickname. And he, I said, do you have one? And I always asked them. He said, no. I said, okay, your nickname is El Gato. And he <laughs> said, why? I said, because when you were a kid, you had to get to the courts to play basketball and they were far away from your house in Puerto Rico. So you walked all the way around till one day you realized you could cut through the sugarcane fields. And as you cut through, all these cats started coming out and following you every day. And so when you got to the courts, you had a ton of cats following behind you. So you were called El Gato. There are a lot of cats in sugarcane fields. I have no idea. I made all this up. I gave it to him. We were doing a game in the uh, Harlem Armory. And he was speaking and they came up to him and said, so tell us what your nickname is. The Daily News asked him. He said, El Gato. And they asked him why. And he gave him the whole story. It was printed in the newspaper the next day. Therefore, and from then on, it was truth. Do you ever wonder where Jack Nicholas got the nickname The Golden Bear? No. Well, if you haven't wondered, I don't think I should tell no, you. I, mean, I have wondered. I don't know it. So it was actually given to him by a writer of a newspaper in Melbourne, Australia, when he saw Jack Nicholas play, he described him as a large, strong, blonde man like a golden bear. And from that point forward, Jack Nicholas was known as the golden bear. Wasn't it Grantland Rice, the writer who gave everyone all these amazing nicknames like Red Grange, the Galloping Ghost? And he had he called the the running backs of Notre Dame the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Right. You know why Red Grange was called the galloping ghost, other than the fact that he could run really fast in a galloping kind of way? Apparently he had a pasty white complexion that made him look like a ghost. So between his complexion and his running style, he was called the galloping ghost. I like this story. Willie Mays, what was his nickname? The Say Hey Kid. Do you know why? I would like you to tell me, Kurt. Apparently, it's because Willie was so good. But back then, no one jumped right to the major leagues. You had to go through single A, double A, triple A, et cetera. And he was so good. He was cruising through these divisions so quickly. He never got to know anyone's name. So if he was out in the field or something, he'd just say, say, hey, say, hey, when he tried to call people's attention. So he became the say, hey, kid. Because he didn't know anyone's name. That, that's, that's interesting. I had not heard that. But that's a that's a good backstory for one of the greatest players of all time. And Willie Mays was in the news recently because uh, for a long time, when we were growing up, at least, he was third on the all-time home run list with 660 home runs. So it was Babe Ruth with 714. Henry Aaron ultimately passed Babe Ruth with 755 career home runs. And Willie Mays was always third at 660. And about a week or two ago, Albert Pujols passed Willie Mays with his 661st home run. And I didn't even know about that. I didn't hear about it. So it didn't make much of news. Why don't you react to it real time then, Kurt? Go ahead. Holy cow. 
some people just, you know, their nicknames become their name. We don't even know their real names, like Jack the Ripper. Right. When you're that famous, you don't need a last name. And of course, Jack the Ripper earned that nickname, earned as a weird term there, based on how he killed and disfigured his victims, which is that one will live a long time in history. So here's one you'll come up with, and I'm sure you'll get it because you are razor sharp, no pun intended about Jack the Ripper. So there was a painter, an abstract expressionist in the 40s and 50s in America named Jackson Pollock. What do you think his nickname was? They call Jackson Pollock Jack the Dripper because his painting style was basically to drip multiple colors of paint everywhere on the canvas. And I'm sure I've told you this, but I once went to a, an art museum costume party fundraiser dressed as a piece of Jackson Pollock art. Because hasn't everybody done that? Yes, I think they have. Okay, so Kurt, <laughs> you showed us earlier with your deep knowledge of U.S. city nicknames when you told us the real story behind the Windy City. Yes. You, of course, know the nickname of Philadelphia. Prove it. The city of brotherly love. Yeah, that's correct. Why is it called that, Kurt? I don't know, John. Well, it actually translates in Greek to basically brotherly love. Phylos is love and Adelphos is brother. So it comes from the Greek. I actually did know that. I just had forgotten. The big D, of course, is for Dallas, because if you eat there, you are going to get diarrhea. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> right? That is not why it's called the big D. Oh, maybe I got that wrong then. I actually think when you're talking about nicknames, I think there's some sort of interesting irony in some of these sweet nicknames given to gangsters, right? Like babyface somebody. Babyface Nelson and Pretty Boy Floyd, Billy the Kid. And then you have Machine Gun Kelly, who's now also a rap star, but back in the day was a gangster. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question you raise, which is why we feel the need to soften the image of clearly horrible people with nicknames that make them seem more human than they actually are. What's up with that? And it's also, if you think about in the mafia, all those nicknames are, everyone has a nickname, but it's usually describing a, a something about their features, you know, big nose or... We also know from branding that you pretty much get to be known as one thing. You can't represent more than one thing, known for one thing. But if you look at what happened back in the 2016 presidential race, then candidate Trump was able to label Ted Cruz as Lion Ted and Jeb Bush as low energy Jeb and Hillary Clinton as crooked Hillary. So he did an effective job on leaving politics and policy and a whole bunch of other stuff to the side here in pursuit of the church of nicknames. You know, it's effective to tag someone with an attribute that suits your purposes, not theirs. And if you repeat it enough, it becomes so. Okay, Jelly, Jelly <laughs> Belly, I'm going to give you a nickname. I also had red hair growing up and probably until I was in college, I had red hair. So people would sometimes call me Johnny Red. Do you know what I heard about redheads the other day? They are demigods from another planet, according to Tom. Who was the guy who wrote Even Cowgirls Sing the Blues? Still Tom Life Robbins. Yeah, he also wrote Still Life with Woodpecker. And in it, he theorized that redheads are actually demigods from another planet. So I just accepted that explanation because it made sense to me. First of all, that is the book I took to the top of Kilimanjaro because I love that book. And I feel like or, or even cowgirls. Still life with Woodpecker. Why so, did you think it? I read it a million years ago. What is it about? I don't even remember. 
Me neither. And when you're oxygen depraved because you're up in altitude, you don't remember any of it either. Oh my but... God. Can you imagine your brain at altitude? Wow, that's such a cool experiment. We tried to talk about what was quantum physics at one point, and we all just started laughing because no one could even talk at that point. How do you think you would fare in a discussion of quantum physics at sea level? Very well. John, we have to wrap this episode up. Okay. But I would like to end it with a nickname that I found. Now, a long time ago in England, in the 14th century, you didn't have a last name, right? It was either from where you were or what you did, right? Smith or Taylor, et cetera. There was a guy and they found this in the court records who came in and he was a commoner and his name was Roger Fucker by the Naval. <laughs> that was his nickname? Yes. Fuck by the Naval. Okay. And when, where? Tell me this again. You got this my was attention. In 1310 in the scrolls of a town, and it was the nickname of an English commoner that was found. It was like he had done something. It was the town scrolls. I think like I know he, what he did. Yeah, exactly. Bye, everyone. So I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. We'll be back next week. Take care. Bye bye. Hey.